The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes after eight and welcome to the Forum at 8. Defaulting on e-toll payments may be classified as a traffic offence if proposed amendments to the Administrative Adjudication of Road Traffic Offences Act are passed into law. Now, the proposed legislation will allow Sandrail to take legal action against those with outstanding e-toll fees. A notice was published in the Government Gazette in December last year calling for public comment and on the proposed changes. And members of the public had until last night to comment on the proposed changes. So on the forum this morning, we try to unpack these proposed amendments and look at what it may entail for motorists if this law is indeed passed. And uh, as always, the lines are open 891 That's where you can call us. You can SMS us on 34701 or you can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And our guest this morning, Wayne Duvenage, who is the chairperson of the Civil Action Group uh, Opposition to Urban Tolling Alliance Outer. Thanks for coming through. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And we also have with us Andrew uh, Marseille. Do I say it Marseille, Andrew? Yes, you do. That's correct. And Andrew is a transport economist and uh, thank you so much for your time as well. So uh, perhaps, Wayne, let me start with you. Mm. So what exactly do these new uh, proposed amendments seek to do? Okay, so let's say let's just say this is not new. That tolling is uh, is now part of the R2 Act. It has always been tolling is an offence. It is a road traffic offence. Uh, what has happened now is that the Gazette is being amended so as to accommodate multiple entries, and those are really to accommodate the non-payment of e-tolls. E-tolls now will be treated as a traffic violation. Uh, and what they're going to be doing is that if you do not uh, pay your ETOL bills and you have all these offences, they then move into the space of, of becoming um, enforcement orders eventually and your vehicle licence can be withheld. Now, government has made it very clear that this is the way they want to go. They use this as a stick. They also had a carrot approach recently, um, inviting people to participate in a 60% discount on outstanding ETOL bills. They had a 1% take-up of that. They thought they would get a lot more. So this carrot-and-stick approach is not working. What we're warning government about, and they're not taking this seriously, is that if they continue to force this issue, and it is an unjust and irrational process. We know tolling works around the world. We're not against tolling and e-tolling. We're not against paying for the roads as well. Uh, we need the stuff to be done properly. Our research shows that it hasn't been done properly. The research has been diabolical. So now they want to force it through the license uh, review issue, vehicle license review issue. What they're doing is inviting this tax revolt on e-tolls, which, are, by the way, 91% of vehicles on the roads, these are not our figures, these are Sanrails and ETCs figures, are not paying for e-tolls. Um, 91% on. This is the biggest tax revolt we've seen in our new democracy on an issue with government. Two years later, and now they want to force it through license fees. They will attract this, this, um, this rebellious approach to uh, and this tax revolt into the license uh, fee space, and uh, and 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 it will be a warranted uh, a civil disobedience campaign carried there. And we don't need this in 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 our in our country. We need. Uh, uh, not to have this anarchy, not to have uh, uh, government's revenues in legitimate spaces, such as uh, license revenues, be uh, delegitimized through an illegitimate process of e-tolling. So it's getting very, very messy. The state is effectively driving this wedge between its people uh, and the state uh, deeper and deeper as it forces the the, the e-toll matter. But what is the state supposed to do at this point? Because somebody 
needs to pay uh, for the work that was done for the infrastructure and the investment that was made here. So, 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 so clearly some would say this is a sign of desperation, but something needs to be done here, Andrew. Well, something clearly needs to be done because the last thing that we want in South Africa is even more ignoring of the law. We are growing to become a more and more lawless country. There's a lot of very, very bad things going on in our country. We only need to look at the news over the last three or four months to see what happens when the culture of lawlessness pervades mm-hmm. our economy. Now, OTA, building on the shoulders of Kusatu and the Democratic Alliance to their discredit, has created a whole new species of lawlessness around an issue which doesn't warrant that. I would be with um, Wayne 100% in putting my body on the ground in front of the bulldozers if the government was seeking to do something that was illegal, unjust. But what they have done with the e-tolling is follow on a policy that was established over 20 years ago to find a better way of funding infrastructure. This was laid down in the 1996 White Paper on Transport, followed up by the year 2000 National uh, Transport Transition Act, (coughs) in which it was stated that we must try to fund our roads infrastructure in a manner which is equitable. In other words, in a manner which tilts the playing field towards prioritizing the poor and the public transport people. Now, e-tolling does exactly that. It tilts the playing field away from easy access to roads towards making it easier for our public transport investments to work. Government has to make some choices here. We cannot afford everything in this country, and we are trying to afford uh, more and better roads infrastructure by using user pays principle. Now Wayne says he agrees with that in principle but he says that the practice is wrong. The courts have proved him six times to be wrong so he's currently standing outside the law. It's also the opposition to paying e-tolls is irrational for the following reasons. The review of the e-toll program by the Gauteng Review Panel found that every other method of paying for our roads infrastructure would bring about more congestion than paying for it by e-tolls. What the Gauteng e-toll review panel also found was this, that every other method of paying for our roads would put a greater burden onto the poor. So by opposing e-tolling, OTA and those who align themselves with it are not only outside of the law, they are both irrational, in other words, they want more congestion, not less, They are unfair and unjust towards the poor because they want a scheme that will actually mitigate against the poor. Now, how have we managed to get ourselves into a position where people feel justified in mass opposition to legal payments when the system that they're opposing is both legal, just, rational and fair? Well, I can respond to that. Look, you know, it's it's disingenuous for Andrew to say that... um, 
that this is a just process and to say that we've lost six times in court. There were four court cases. We got an interdict, the first one, and the technicality allowed Sanral to continue with the e-tiling. We said, that's fine, then go ahead and let's see what happens because we've warned them about what happens when you try and introduce unjust processes uh, into a, a space like this. They never conducted a meaningful public participation process. This is required. They've got 28 responses, by the way, from 3.5 million motorists. What does that say about getting the input from the public? We need to address congestion, as Mr. Marseille says. Absolutely, we agree with that. Maybe, and this has been told by, that to the, uh, by the public to us, maybe, just maybe, uh, most of that money should have gone into building an, uh, a world-class infrastructure around uh, uh, urban transportation and not putting it all into the roads to deal with some of our congestion. The State President's Commission that reviewed state-owned entities in 19, uh, 20, uh, 2013 said, and I quote, social infrastructure, including roads, and this is social infrastructure because we use it daily to get to work, to get to sport, to get to, to places of worship and school, should be subjected more to taxation and less to user pays. Now, why is that? Because you don't want somebody on the 25th of the month saying, oh, I cannot go and pick my daughter up using the fast freeways. I better use the back congested routes because I cannot afford my e-toll bill this month. Oh, damn, I'm going to be late. I hope my daughter's safe at the side of the road at school. These are the types of questions that don't that the public do not need to be worried about when they're using our freeways to get to and from work, to and from schools and that. So, you know, um, this is just such an irrational policy. E-tolling works. It worked in London very well, works in Stockholm. We've studied this. And where it works, the context and the environment is very different to South Africa. They've got good public transport systems. They've got good administration. You cannot go and clone your number plates like you can in South Africa overseas. So we've studied this. I was the CEO of Avis. We saw the impact that this would have on business, on the costs of business. And we're not saying we don't want to pay for these roads. The fuel levy has increased, by the way. But from 24 billion rand a year in 2007 and 8, when the road uh, construction program started on GFIP, to today 55 billion rand a year. Now you can pay in cash, in cash, three GFIP construction programs every year. You don't finance this type of road upgrade in, in cash anyway. You finance it with bonds over time. So the money is there, the fuel levy is there. And who says that the poor do not drive in cars? And who says uh, why are the reasons uh, that taxis are free? And even the fact that 46,000 taxis were given uh, uh, free use of roads with those e-tags, they never put them on their vehicles. So so administratively, it is cumbersome, it is expensive, it is inefficient, and it's not working. And these are the things we warned Sanral about three years ago, and every single one of our predictions has come to fruition. And coupling it uh, to our license discs now and the renewal thereof, I mean, isn't that courting, you know, more problems? Yes. Uh, because... Th- I'm looking at what people are saying, and some are simply saying, well, then we simply will not renew our uh, license disc. And rightly so, we say. To respond to that question, I have to accede to the principle that paying your e-tolls is wrong. Now, I don't accede to that principle. I said earlier that Wayne and Ota, together with those who went before them, Kosatu and the DA, have managed to persuade the public that it is irrational and unjust to pay your tolls. Now, if one accepts that, and you accept that the majority who are not paying are in the right, and that this is a, a very substantial issue on which civil disobedience is warranted, then it's worth having the discussion about 
um, is this legislation going to be bad? Is it wrong to try and tie it to your um, license discs? Mm. I think we, I, I'm not prepared to enter into a discussion on, on the basis of paying e-tolls being unjust and bad, as though it were like um, the 1950s protests against the passers. There's a lot of issues in this country on which civil disobedience is warranted and on which I would be willing to go and lie down in, um, on the ground or take part in a march. We have, to quote something very, very topical, an action was taken by the leader of our country a couple of months ago, or, or less than, just a month ago, which wiped 200 billion rands off the value of our stock markets and virtually destroyed our currency. If Mr. Duvernage was willing to march with people uh, against that 200 billion sideswipe on our economy, then I would say, great. But to call this flea of an issue, to put it into the same category as institutionalized disruption of our economy, which is happening, we've got people within the ANC who are systematically sacking the institutions of our economy. We've got very good, otherwise very good institutions like Transnet who are spending tens of billions of rands every year on projects which are economically non-viable. They're creating immediate jobs through their investment, but they are creating a massive um, maintenance liability that will destroy our economy. We've got process spending money on railway, or on new trains, billions, 100 billion, when we haven't even got a train operating system that can do the job properly. Now, I'm not prepared to talk about the intricacies or the legitimacy of a piece of legislation that is trying to make people pay something legitimate that has been found in the courts to be legitimate when we've got these mega issues going on in our country. It's absolute loss of perspective. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Eton matter is in the same vein. You it know is that absolutely this not in the same vein. Well, it is. Sanral is the only or virtually the only organization of, of a government agency that has never had um, a qualified audit. No, it is a world-class organization, and, and what Wayne has achieved is to put Sanral and this Etol system into the same category as in Kandla and robbery of the state by... Well, it is. It's Public grossly inefficient. 30% of the revenue, 30%, and these are Sanral's figures as well, 70 million rand a month goes to the administration before one rand goes into tarmac. Let me also say this about Sanral. I'd like to come back on that because okay. that is a financially and economically ignorant statement. Well, it isn't because it's we've done... You'll come back on yeah. it in we've a done, moment. We've done the work. It's there. It's in our paper and in, in our submissions. So let me just say this as well. Sanral is supposed to be efficient. Yes, it is. Uh, and then it goes and builds a GFIP uh, uh, freeway uh, costing 17.9 billion rand. Now, our research with engineers and with world standards and with, own, uh, with, with the cost of road construction in this country says that we shouldn't have paid more than 10.9 billion rand. It's been an overcharge. Now, when Sanral was challenged on this by the media in 2012, 
The management of Sandor came back and said there's nothing untoward with the construction costs of a road. And lo and behold, the Competitions Commission says otherwise a couple of years later. They have been given now the certification to go ahead and prosecute the construction companies that were collusive, that pushed the prices up. Two years later, Sandor have not gone ahead to collect that money back from those collusive companies. What does that say about Sandor? Are they on the side of the people or are they just going to turn a blind eye and allow this to happen? Because if they do, they're allowing, inviting another class action against them. In this regard, we've also seen that all our told routes, uh, which we've, we in principle are right, you know, what Andrew says, that, uh, and this is not a social infrastructure, this is long distance economic routes. If you want to toll those as a fine, but you also need to toe the line there. The fees keep going up. They keep going up. The infrastructure is paid for. Normally in places like Australia, once infrastructure is paid for, the fees come down and they pick up the costs of the, uh, of the maintenance of those roads. Not here. Now, that money feeds into Sandral's pot as well. We look in their financial statements. We cannot find that anywhere. So we need more transparency. We need far more uh, 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 participation with the public on exactly what's happening with our roads. Huguenot Tunnel has been paid off. Uh, years ago, decades ago, and uh, now they're saying they need more money and they're trying to privatize it and hand it over to the consortiums down there. What for? Uh, they, they should have provided all that money for the upgrade and the safekeeping of that tunnel for, for the widening of it. Uh, they've got more than enough funds for Huguenot Tunnel, but what's happened is they've changed the legislation. They've said that they do not have to keep the money collected on one tolled route for that tolled route anymore. What does that allow them to do? Well, it allows it no longer to be a user pays principle. They've also re- changed the law, by the way, they don't have to have alternative routes. So in Tsitsikama, the, the, the alternative route is now defunct through, through floods and that. What happens? People are held captive to the toll roads. The behavior of Sanral, let me tell you, in this context is out of line. And that needs to be challenged. Andrew? Where the behavior of government institutions is subject to challenge, we have two organizations that do that. We have the courts Mm -hmm. and we have the National Audit Office. The courts have been brought to bear on Sanwell time after time after time. And they have been found clear. Now... Wayne has been found on the wrong side of the courts wrong. in every single occasion. The other institution that tests the probity of organizations to see whether there's dirt is the National Audit Office. They check the, every government department, every municipality, every government agency, and you're given either a qualified or an unqualified audit. A qualified audit means that they can't see what's happened to the money. An unqualified audit means that all the money is properly accounted for. There may be issues that you, you, the money has been used in, in ways that's an inconsistent with principle. And if, it, if it's bad, you get a qualification. If it's not, you get a clear. Sanwal has never once had a qualified audit. So if um, Wayne or anybody else has got dirt on the roads agency, then we must go to the courts. Well. which he has done, and we must go to the National Audit Office. Yeah. Well, I want to bring the listeners in mm. at this point because, uh, as always, they have a lot to say about this because it is one of those things that affects people directly. 891 but let me just read a few messages before I do that. Black Lives Do Matter says, uh, Sakina, I thought this current government is a government that listens to the people, and the people are saying they don't want e-tolls. Apiwe says, uh, what is the point of these consultations when the government is going to do what they want anyway? And then uh, Ian Tate's contribution, just another way for 
uh, the ANC to steal from the public. Hashtag eTolls must fall. Mabule says eTolls necessary for traffic control using a less congested road comes at a premium and someone has to pay for the roads. The users in this case should be who's paying for the roads. Let's go to the lines. 0891-104-208. Solly in Johannesburg. Good morning. Good morning. Solly? That line not great. Uh, let's try and uh, fix that. In the meantime, let's go to Pretoria and speak to Ahmed. Ahmed, Hi. good morning. Good morning. I'd like to bring out a point which is our issue that is not considered or deliberately overlooked, and that is that uh, the apartheid geography, whereby the white community was allowed to live within the city limits and the black community was dumped far outside the outskirts of the city, which means that we are victimizing the victims of apartheid regime once again. Let me explain. Most of the black community is living far away from the city. And unlike Andrew's argument that the poor will be penalized, the poor will have to travel longer distances than those people living within the city. Hence, those poor people who were dumped far away by the apartheid regime will have to pay much more in etos than those white community or affluent communities who were living within the city. And that is a serious issue because we are victimizing the victims of the apartheid regime by not uh, considering the apartheid geography that we have been, uh, which is our legacy. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Ahmed. Um, Mike and Newlands, good morning. Uh, good morning, SK, and good morning to the panel. Wayne, I want to say well done on behalf of the motorists of the Western Cape. We thank you very much for your efforts. And I want to say well done to the DA. Uh, the courts have ruled here in the Western Cape, yes. uh, uh, by the way. The other guests might not be aware of that. And ruled against ETOLs. Yeah. It was interesting that the ETOLs came to the Western Cape and tried to bump the fees up by about three times. Yeah. And they've also ruled that, in fact, the people were not consulted here in the Western exactly. Cape. And also, uh, you know, the gentleman mentions uh, SA and Tundler and uh, all the other corruption that goes on in our the African National Corruption Party. You must remember one thing. The ANC and the President of our country has made it absolutely clear that the ANC comes first, the country comes second. Exactly. So any kind of system that the government brings in, such as ETOLs, is going to be looked at with great suspicion. And I think the gentleman must also understand that here in the Western Cape, we have a thing called bikers bias against tolls, bats. Mm-hmm. And the, we don't even have ETOLs in the Cape. On one run, we've got 1,200 bikers here. And, and I don't think the government fully realizes just how. It's not that we are against ETOLs per se, but we are against the fact that we have a government that does things. We can't, we can't do anything about SAA. If the government's going to corrupt us, they're going to do that. We can't do anything about the fact our president lost us $170 billion in one day mm-hmm. by, by changing the fund. But what we can do is say something about ETOLs, and ETOLs reflects the fact that a lot of people are unhappy with the corruption. One way of reflecting our our distaste with it. Thank you very much, Colonel. Thank you so much uh, for that, uh, Mike. So we're talking ETOLs this morning and uh, trying to unpack the proposed amendments and look at what uh, this may entail for motorists if the law is passed. And I see some of you are concerned about the fact that uh, the submissions date is already uh, passed and maybe uh, not too many people responded to that given that this was gazetted in December when people were perhaps in higher spirits and not trying to be, uh, you know, have their spirits dampened by things such as these. But uh, we'll come to that in just a moment. Uh, But uh, first, let's get a response to what uh, the callers were raising before the break. Andrew? I think the last caller from Cape Town made a very good point that people in South Africa feel helpless in the face of the massive amount of corruption that's going on and in most cases cannot do anything about it but in the case of the e-tolls 
for however it's come about, public opposition has been raised and people feel as if they are at least making a statement. The ironic thing is that uh, an effective, efficient and consistent with policy proposal has been made the whipping boy, mm. uh, whereas the, the real target is the, the, where the real corruption is happening is, is, <coughs> is just continuing and getting worse. In response to Ahmed in Pretoria and the apartheid um, spatial, spatial development issues, yeah. And, and people using the freeways coming from Soweto and elsewhere being penalized, well, that's quite understandable. And other things being equal, lower income people will feel the pressure of tolls and car operating costs more than any other. But what the evidence is of the Gauteng Review Panel, every other method of funding the roads has a bigger impact on the poor. Now, that has to be taken on board. Do you therefore say, just because people don't like the principle of e-tolling, that you go with a, a, a different system, use the fuel tax, and um, let it be funded that way, the majority of the better-off people will be happy and everyone will go home, but back at the ranch, the poor will actually be paying more because the taxes have to pay more for their fuel. This is not just my opinion. The, the Gauteng Re Review Panel found that every other method of paying has a bigger impact on the poor. And also paying for the roads by public money means that you take away money that could otherwise be spent on further improving the public transport system. So by not tolling, you take away money from the public transport system improvements and you make it you know, you're effectively attracting people out of public transport and onto the roads, making the roads more congested, making it harder and harder to improve the public transport. So although people will feel good if the e-tolls are defeated, the objective reality is that it'll be harder and harder to make public transport better and public, the, the public, the poor people, will suffer. So Wayne will feel good and poor people will be worse no, off. No, I think you're wrong, and which is why we said earlier on the lack of public engagement robbed us of the opportunity. Now, uh, the mayor of Bogota, Felipe Penalosa, said this, that a sign of a developed society is not when poor people drive to work in cars, but it's when rich people use public transport to get to work. We were robbed of an opportunity to put that money, that so-called 17.9 plus more and all the ETOL infrastructure and that 21 billion rand into upgrading our public transport system. Imagine if that had happened, if we had world-class public transport, that you and I could catch two buses reliably, safely to and from work, to and from meetings, every day. That's how you ease congestion. We were not given that opportunity because of the failed public participation process, which Sandolf refuses to acknowledge, and they only had 28 responses to their program. I mean, they hid the six adverts, one advert in six newspapers in the business and the international business sections of those newspapers. Tell me that that's open uh, and inviting public participation. How was it that every fleet owner company knew nothing about ETOLs until they saw the gantries going up? Every single one of them, car rental companies, Companies, logistics companies, go and ask them. That's not public consultation. I and mean, that is absolutely shocking. 
Well, and uh, so many more questions to ask and um, looking at more of the messages coming through. Uh, number one, uh, Wamambo says, are we not using dirty tricks as a democratic state to propose a law in the dead of night when people are not watching? Uh, Mabule says, e-tolls is necessary for traffic control. Using a less congested road comes at a premium mm-hmm. and therefore someone will have to pay for that. Lebo Hang Noah, um, I'm using freeways whenever I'm in Gauteng uh, and up to date, I've not paid or received a letter requesting any payment, so I doubt this system. Uh, Gumani says uh, your guest defending Sandral and Etols with reference to the Auditor General and Clean Audit uh, must know uh, that that is pathetic and these audits are pathetic. Uh, Pume Tlabati says Etoling is nothing but privatization of our public infrastructure. It's simply institutionalized corruption uh, by the ANC. Sassy Lady, uh, let them enact uh, the legislation but we will still not pay. South Africa will therefore be full of criminals and jails will be full. And uh, Babazilewa uh, Mutwa says uh, the ANC government is victimizing the victims of apartheid's forced removals um, with the introduction of these etols. And uh, the question here, I guess, is uh, whether it is fair to now couple your etol bill to your licensing disc because what it seems to suggest then is simply that whatever methods, all the carrots that have been dangled to try and get uh, the driving public to pay for etols is clearly not working. But then again, what should government do? What other ways of uh, recouping this money do they have? Um, hold that thought, Wayne. Let me just go back to the lines. Solly and Joba, good morning. Good morning, Fagina. Uh, I'm not conflating issues here, but uh, the NHI says people must not die just because of they don't have money. So equally the same on the on the this thing of etolling. Uh, the guy is saying that it is just, but it is not because of if you don't have money to pay for this road and then for your life, you need to travel on the back roads and so on. And then obviously, Sakina, I don't support this corruption scheme. And even the, the, the outer for saying that we are willing to pay, but let us use the difference. I don't also support that. I will only support it whenever the Auditor General is saying that all the monies that are budgeted for to serve the country are accounted for. As long as we've got billions that are not accounted for, and then I don't think this scheme, this corruption scheme, uh, it should be supported. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Solly, let's speak to Sigin Randberg. Hello, Sig. Hello, thank you very much. It's the most basic underlying principle of this whole thing, that the costs are exorbitantly unaffordable uh, for this e-tolling, uh, that those expensive gantries and, and, and the unaffordable map recoup the costs in, in expensive manners. That's not affordable. And, and the only possible reason for imposing such an unaffordable business on on South Africa is is attempts to enrich uh, ANC comrades by quick quick rich rich quick key schemes like Dudumiyin is a Airbus purchases through little men who are not necessary. They are the same uh, consortiums that were exposed in the in the High Court in the Western Cape uh, with the expense of. Okay, so we're going to have to leave it there because that uh, signal deteriorating badly. Uh, but uh, I think we get the gist of what uh, the point you're trying to make. Little Honolo in Johannesburg. Good morning. 
morning. I think my contribution or what I would like for uh, the outer uh, uh, gentleman to highlight is what payment alternative do they propose? Okay. Because in their view, e is not working because based on what I've heard uh, in the interview is that uh, the review panel found out that e was the cheapest alternatives for the poor. So what payment uh, alternative are they proposing instead of just helping on the issue of consultation? Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. Uh, Dave in Durban. Thank you for taking my call. I think I'm, I'm uh, really, really, um, uh, the, um, uh, the underlying issue here is not really with the people that want to pay. And I think as, as Andrew is also alluding to, I think it's a matter of not really, really paying for, for the value for, for the roads. Because one, one example I'll give you, because I've got just two questions to ask there. One example is, uh, you know, the lack of, uh, of, 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 of the government uh, actually enforcing um, uh, the law on the taxes. People are dying every day with taxes. If they can actually upgrade our public system, as Andrew is rightfully saying, I'm sure people will have the confidence yeah. and actually that um, uh, willing to say, you know what, okay, let's pay for this. One thing I wanted to ask, actually, which I'm not so sure about, how legal or illegal is it for the government not to uh, upgrade or whoever is supposed to be upgrading the alternative routes which are not told? Because at the end of the day, like um, uh, the other caller said, that the, the, I've, I've actually used some of the... Of the, of the of municipal roads like they gave it and they're very bad and mm-hmm. those are not and what happens now to the few already we are paying what happens to the other taxes i'm not if maybe you can just have some priority on that thank you mm-hmm. thank you so much uh, dave basika in tata good morning good morning Sajina. when the whole system of the tolling was introduced as one would recall as far back as uh, that is after 1994 one will be forgiven not to think that uh, the manner in which it was created, it was a law unto itself. A law unto itself in the sense that when the then Minister of Transport, Mark Maharaj, created it, uh, the first and even the current CEO was Nazir Ali. Now, Nazir Ali, from the very word go, even the manner in which he embarked, that is now the procurement, processes within the, uh, that is within Sandra. They were only meant to satisfy his ego and perhaps the egos of his bodies, which is why it was not shocking when he could uh, attract as a, 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 what you call a spokesperson of, 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 of Sandra, a discredited figure like Vusimona. But most importantly, Sakina and dear South Africa is that uh, there has been an incestuous relationship between uh, Sandral and an Australian mining company here in the Eastern Cape, yes. whereby there are people who are perpetuating violence and who are seeking to extract the minerals of the community against their wishes in Kolobeni. But what is rather strange is that Sandral uh, is working hand in glove with that Australian mining company. Now, when it comes to the the the, the Houteng, uh, what you call sewage project, it adds up to all other uh, discredited and mega projects which Sandral is doing without consulting people, uh, running running roughshod over the people and the worst part of it all, as I've said in, in the Colombian instance, whereby now they are directly involved 
into instigating and perpetuating violence. Thank you, Fatih. Well said. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pasika, and many more calls coming through. Nicholas in Tembisa, good morning. Sakina, we we still saying we are not going to pay for the ETO. Instead, we we had our own lines that the apartheid government they made that two line for us. If government thought that they wanted to do that ETO that they wanted, they should have left our lines. We were driving there without any problem. If they wanted to carry on with their thing because they don't want to hear us as people, they think maybe they can run whatever in their own way. We're still saying we are not going to pay. They must build a jail that will accommodate all the working class in it because that's what they want. We are not going to buy any... If they, they, they take the route of not the, the license this, then we are not going to renew them. Mm-hmm. So it's up to them how they're going to do it. If they're going to do that way, then all the working class will be in jail. Then exactly. they must jail us because that's the route they want. It's not because we, we can't afford you know, Everything is going down now. We can't afford anything. If we want to take that route, how are we going to manage our life? How are we going to take our child to school? Mm-hmm. So if, they, if that's their way, then it's fine. Let them do it. Yeah. Then they must build a new jail for us. That Then we will go there. Then they won't have a working class in housing. That's what they want. Then that's what they will get. All the central, all all the intros where they put Sakina, just check. They put it next to the township. Why next? Why not there where it's far? Because the township you have to drive to the town. You have to drive to those places where you can get the facilities. So how? Where must we drive this? If that's what they want, that's what they will get. They must just build a, a jail for us. We'll go there. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Nicholas in Tembisa. Uh, Gisli in uh, Kempton Park, good morning. Good morning. My name is Gisela Brehm. I'm calling from Kempton Park. What happens if you get false accounts? The, I never use the e-tolls. No, yeah. I never use the e-toll road. I got two letters from Sun, Sun Road for payments. You can't even see my car. It's totally black, that picture. It only show, shows four lights, that's all, and it's not my light. You can't see my, my number plate. It's a different number in the front. What is happening to these accounts? And if I cannot pay my license, I'm not an unlawful citizen. I like to pay my license, and I pay it for the reason that it's made for, but I'm not paying if I'm not using the e-toll and they making big mistakes, maybe even fraud. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What can I do then? Mm. What can mm. I, where can I go to find right? Yeah. That's well, lady. thank you so much for that, uh, Gisela. And um, let me read some of the SMSs as well. This one says, how can your transport economists believe that building more roads will relieve congestion on our roads? It's unheard of. Uh, Patrick in Rivoli says, how do road users pay for a road that was built over 30 years ago by the former government? I would call that lawlessness and um, I will not be milked by the likes of these cronies. Uh, Anonymous in Durban says, the only reason why governments are, are pushing 
getting etols is because someone in government is getting a backhander. It's always the case. And then Gordon Mpini says the government is the government by the people. So the majority of the people are not supporting the idea of urban tolling. But if the ANC is tired of running the country, then let them continue with e-tolling people uh, because people will respond negatively like with the university matter. And this one from Paul says, we as car owners, when we pay our license uh, discs yearly, there's a certain percentage that goes to road infrastructure. They, the government, must use that to pay the e-toll debt. Uh, That is from Paul. And um, just a few others as well. Tommy says, the user pay method with regard to e-tolls is as explained by your guest makes perfect sense not agreeing uh, with it doesn't make us right uh, Tsepiso Mokwena says as much as it's convenient to travel on the e-told roads I cannot afford to foot the bill who is benefiting from this uh, Malisela T says um, we are saying no to privatization of our public roads it's just an expensive corruption scheme Revolutionary says this is a start of provincial taxes as the government wants to raise more and more cash to keep it going imagine this going up and up Due to inflation, we will see about 6% increases per annum on e-toll bills. Um, I've paid, uh, this one says, I've paid since day one, and I think that those who don't want to pay must simply not use the road. It's easy. Kululego um, says, um, we will walk in and out of government buildings every day, and this is infrastructure maintained. Are we to be e-tolled there soon too? Um, and Moses Bartman says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And e-tolls are a symptom of a failure to plan for the improvement of the roads uh, through normal taxation. Those some of the comments coming through. Andrew? I'd like to pick up in my response on <clears throat> the person whose comment you read out saying that how does the transport economist think it makes sense to just keep on building more roads? Now, that is not my view If we fund the roads out of the public fiscus and we don't charge at the point of use, then the demand grows exponentially and we have to build more capacity sooner rather than later. The ETOL review panel of Gauteng put their finger on this when they said that if the freeway improvements were funded any other way other than ETOLs, congestion would rise more rapidly and you'd have to start spending more. But with Paying at the point of use, you have the following two benefits. You manage to damp down the traffic and slow the growth in traffic down. You also release more money to be able to expand the, the, the currently huge program of investment on public transport. But what you also do is by pricing the roads, you make it more attractive to use the public transport. I realize our public transport is not world class. But we can't get there um, in 20 years. It's going to take 50 years. Nor can we spend money on massive public transport programs and massive road programs at the same time. So if we want to improve our roads, the choice that had to be made, and I was part in 2006 of a discussion between Treasury, Sanwell, DOT, Gauteng Province, and and the three big metros. And the agreement was taken that If this freeway improvement scheme is going to go ahead at all, the only way to afford it is tolling, and everybody agreed institutionally at that point. Now, Ota's view to stop paying tolls has the following consequences. It keeps the roads free at the point of use. 
It accelerates migration out of public transport onto the roads. Congestion rises more rapidly than it would otherwise. So the problem that the, your viewer, sorry, your listener highlighted of having to build more roads is accelerated by this opposition to tolling. I am not in favor of building more and more roads. I'm in, in favor of pricing the roads, getting a better balance between roads and public transport. But we cannot do this if we keep roads free at the point of use. If the opposition win, which they seem to be doing, the consequence will be rapidly increasing congestion and a greater burden on the poor. No. Not, not my opinion, the Gauteng Review Panel's opinion. I would disagree with that. With the Gauteng Review Panel. Oh, um, you, so you're assuming that the, what they say is gospel. I mean, uh, 95% of the input there from business, from organized labor, from organizations, civil society was opposed to it. And don't you it, cannot it, it just was say... Opposed. Yes, pre- I accept that the, uh, a lot of them were opposed. For valid reasons the, and valid The research. objective finding was yeah. that to fund it by any other method yeah. than e-tolls has a bigger impact on well, the poor and raises speak more to, congestion. Speak to other economists, Andrew Mazza. Speak to Azar Jameen. Speak to Chris Hart. Speak to other people who understand understand the space as well. That's not necessarily the case. The fuel levy is a user pays mechanism. Every time you or I climb into our car, we're putting roughly 115 rand into the fuel levy, which is, goes to roads. Now, what Channel are trying to do on this, what they call less than 1% of their freeways, their freeways, they're trying to raise 22% of their revenue through 1%. All they're doing is milking a congested space. Why don't they toll the road to, to Mafeking? You say user pays, toll every road, then that's not going to happen. It's not practical, is it? And you also understand, Andrew, the, 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 the issue and the research around induced congestion. If you just simply build more roads, you're going to invite more cars. You've said But that. that's what you're doing. That's, no, but you've that's said that, and I agree with you. And what we're saying is that I would be the first person to put an e-tag on my vehicle if the process was followed properly. In other words, I would be a proud car tinger saying, I'm putting an e-tag onto my car because not one cent went into the upgrade, or maybe a little bit no, less than 10% of that upgrading some of the interchanges and so forth and let's put all the money into upgrading a, a world-class public transport scheme. 20 years on, they've been talking about this and they've done nothing. So let's do this properly. Let's engage with the people because if you don't engage with the people properly, this is the type of backlash you have. On that, I would like to come to a consensus position because I think no. there is a way forward and that is this. At the moment, the e-toll money goes to Sanwell for the functioning of the system and for the funding of the, the, the bonds that have built the roads. But what Treasury might be willing to consider, and certainly what I would propose, is that as the compliance with payment on eToll rises, so Treasury puts not necessarily that money, but they do put money into a pot for public transport improvements. A lot of money is going in to public transport at the moment, and the Treasury knows that more is going to be required in the future. I recently wrote a paper for the South African Cities Network on the financial implications of improving public transport, and we do need a lot more money. Mm. Now, it's because of the contractual situation, it would be difficult to divert the ETOL money, that specific money, directly into public transport, but I think a scheme could be developed in which ETOL revenues are used as a benchmark against which Treasury could fill a public transport funding pot. Now, that is something that needs to be investigated and I think could be workable. Yeah. Let me just say this, that on that, on that point, in London, Ken Livingston had a massively successful public engagement program. 
every single cent of that money that goes into the inner city congestion charge goes into improving public transport. Uh, they had to put on extra 300 bus routes, park and rides. They had to lower the rates. They had to uh, get the train systems Im- improved. That's what public consultation does, and that's why it works in those countries. In Stockholm, even, once the city had put the scheme to test, they put it out to a referendum to the public and said, are you happy with it? Should we continue? And 75% of them said, yes, this is the e-tolling mechanisms there. That's how you do it. They haven't done it that way, sadly, in this country. So you can only introduce these schemes if administratively you have an environment where it works. I want to be part of a user pay scheme where all the users or at least 90% of them pay. The minute you get into a scheme where 80% do pay and 20% don't, they get a bit miffed. And that spirals downwards, just as happened, just as has happened with the ETOL scheme in, in Portugal. These were the issues that Sanro were warned about. But they plowed ahead regardless, and now they've got this carrot and stick approach, and it's not working. And you raised a very, very uh, important question earlier on. So what happens with the license fee issue now when you tie this in? Sadly, what is going to happen is that license fees is a just tax. It's a tax that we pay to drive our cars in the regional and urban routes. Um, and, and, and that tax is used for the roads, for the traffic systems upgrading. That is now going to be jeopardized if you start slapping on top of that an illegitimate process. And I want to just come back to what Andrew's saying, you know, this whole court process. Let me give some clarity to that. We won the interdict, and then we continued with the review in court. The courts in the, in, 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 uh, in the SCA, the Supreme Court, set aside all the rulings. They set aside Forster's ruling against uh, uh, Arta and, 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 the, and the cost judgment and all of that. And they said, we cannot rule on ETOLs for, due to an administrative fact function in the law which says Arta brought this case too late. They said that the collateral challenge needs to be heard on the lawfulness still. And that court case still has to happen. So when Sanral said, well, we're going to prosecute and summons you and criminalize you for non-payment, we said, bring it on. Do that because we want the day in court where the judges listened to the fact that people were not consulted, that the minister did not apply his mind. You know that the minister was told at the time when he made the decision to toll that the collection costs were going to be 200 million rand a year. And when in court we found out and gave to Sanral, well, how is it that it's over a billion rand a year? Where do you get this discrepancy? They couldn't produce one spreadsheet, not one scrap of paper that showed them how they arrived at the 200 million rand. This is the type of stuff that they make decisions on. If this is how this government makes decisions, then I'm afraid they're going to get the backlash, which is what they're getting and receiving right now from the public. And unfortunately, it's nine o'clock, so we're going to have to leave it there. Lesiba Kekana says, uh, will I be denied access to use the freeway because I'm poor, uh, because I can't afford to pay the e-tolls? Uh, King Shaka says, if government fails to listen to us, then we must activate our power in the upcoming local government elections. And Sieng says, build me on a bucky with a cloned number plate, same as my sedan. So the system didn't match Enatus. So clearly there are problems here. And we'll keep an eye on this uh, one because it's clearly a moving target. Thanks so much to our guest this morning, De- uh, Wayne Duvenage, uh, chairperson of the Civil Action Group Opposition to uh, Urban Tolling Alliance, Alta, and Andrew Marseille, who is a transport economist. And thanks to you for your participation and the production team. And uh, Simpiwe Ngongwan is standing by with the nine o'clock news.